Gospel of James, chapter 2. Reading from verse 5. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law, as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws, except one, is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. So, whatever you say, or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. Now, open your Bible and join David as he teaches today's word. So, yes, in verse 5 he's saying God has chosen the poor of this world who are rich in faith, but who are heirs of a kingdom. <laughs> I used to laugh when I was in Russia many, many years under, go under communism when I was preaching because I would make a remark, I used to say that the desire of every Russian under uh, the communist era was to have a rich uncle in America and that uncle would die <laughs> and leave them the money. Well. It, it was a bit of a joke, but it was quite honestly, in, in, in my early days, it was a standing joke. Um, and consequently, when the freedom came, unfortunately, far too many Russians left Russia and went to America because of the richness of the money situation. But no, God judges us. And we'll reward us, not according to our clothes or our homes. And by the way, what I was uh, saying, you know, about uh, my car, yes, in the end, it became a spiritual issue. I had to get a better car. <laughs> but God judges us by what we do. And he says that those of us who are rich in faith are heirs of a kingdom which has been promised. This is a promise. This isn't some fantasy dream of a rich uncle in America. This is a factual, evidential promise of the reward that we have in the kingdom. And let's get this absolutely clear, that there is a difference in rewards in the kingdom. We're rewarded for faithfulness and love, and not just what we do, but how we fulfill what God has called us to do. So let's not judge people by their outward appearances. He says in verse 6, yes, he goes on to say, you've despised the poor. And he says, don't rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats. It's not just that. It's simply the position that, yes, unfortunately, we can be despised by those who have what we don't have in this world. And he says, uh, that people that oppress us and judge us 
uh, actually blaspheme and uh, they're not worthy of God's love. But if in verse 8, then he comes on to something slightly different. If you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, this is the only place where I find in scripture, I could be corrected, but it's the only place where I know in scripture where this terminology, this phraseology is used when it's described as the royal law. It's the law of God, as handed down from Moses. The law of God is here called royal law. According to the scripture, and here it's very blunt, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And also you can add unto that, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. In other words, we should, in our dealing with our treatment with people, we should treat them the way they, we would like them to treat us. And in verse uh, 9, James gets very strict here. He says, if you have respect of persons, you commit sin, and you're convinced of the law as a transgressor. But he's making a point here, because in verse 10, it's a very strong point, that whosoever will keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. Now, this is a major issue, because unfortunately, within churches, people are allowing and overlooking and forgiving minor points of infringement. But the word of God is absolutely clear if you break one law, you break all law. That's God's basis. And yes, all, although he goes on and says uh, in verse 11, don't commit adultery, uh, because the Bible that says don't commit adultery also says don't kill. And if you don't commit adultery, but you kill, then you're breaking the law. But it's not as serious as that. It's, it, it's simply what the Word of God is emphasizing here, that if you break one law, you break the law and you are a sinner. You see, this is, this is where when we're describing sin, uh, sin, the first thing was disobedience to God. That was um, with Eve when she believed the serpent rather than God. But the fact is this, the scripture is absolutely clear that even by breaking one of God's laws, you become guilty in God's sight. You become a sinner. You become a sinner. And we're all sinners because the, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So in actual fact, every one of us, including me and you, every one of us in our lives, at some time we broke the laws of God. And therefore, the scripture is absolutely clear when it says all have sinned. And it's no use detailing good sins, bad sins, big sins, small sins. 
all have sinned. And once you have sinned, and you see, this is the purpose of salvation. Salvation is based on the fact that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Therefore, all of us need forgiveness and salvation. There's only one way into the kingdom. It, it's not just by what you do and say. It is simply the fact that we need forgiveness of sin and Christ died for the sinner. Until we come to that place of repentance and confession, we cannot enter the kingdom of God because all have sinned. Thank you for supporting our ministry through prayer and finance. We pray God's blessing upon you and your loved ones. Even though as nations and individuals we have endured many hardships this past year, we know there is wonderful joy ahead when we will see Jesus face to face. Daily, we continue to provide humanitarian and spiritual aid to Ukraine. Our recent evangelism in Georgia was powerful. This was one of the greatest and most important evangelistic missions of David's life. We saw a divided nation come together as one, just as Jesus prayed we would, Father, may they be one, as we are one. To make a donation, to support David's ministry, visit eurovision.org.uk Our God is about to do great things. His power is on the increase. And he wants to demonstrate his power through you. In 1994, David Hathaway set out to win Siberia for Christ, by signs, wonders and miracles. Over 100,000 received Christ, and over 1,300 miracles of healing were recorded. Why Siberia is the amazing story of what happened, and will challenge you to evangelize your city, your nation, and see God's power revealed through you. Why Siberia is now available on Kindle from Amazon. Or visit Eurovision.org uk forward slash shop for the paperback edition of why siberia thank you for listening to the power of faith broadcast with david hathaway we would love to hear from you contact us by visiting eurovision.org.uk also available online are many free teaching resources to help you on your walk with god David has written many faith-building books to encourage and inspire. Order these online today. Each month, David ministers online and in person. Our ministry is only possible because of the faithful support of so many people. For details on our evangelism and humanitarian relief work, visit eurovision.org.uk. Thank you again for listening.